0: it's interesting because i feel like that's been my life ambition to one day be a munchkin from Oz. so of I, I i i feel it i feel it, it it'll happen thank
1: you
0: it's good to know that people have faith in me welcome to another episode of the inciting event. I am your host Zachary Steele. On this episode I'm pleased to welcome Anthony M. Laura who is the writer and director of an upcoming play called Shadows. Joining Anthony is going to be two of his principal actors for that set. Katia Mendoza who plays Lindsay L. Cooper and Annie Grace Payne who plays Lindsay's girlfriend Kinsley. So I'm glad to have y'all here. Let's just dive right into it. Um, Anthony, I wanna start with you. And and I'd love to know um, what, is, what is Shadows to you and why were you compelled to write it?
2: First of all, for me, Shadows is a love story. And what compelled me to write it was my fascination, especially coming off of the last show, The Girl with the Red Hair, about memory. Um, As I started to do some more research um, on memory in general, I started to find out some really interesting information about early onset, which um, I think myself, along with a lot of other people have assumed is more early onset is like maybe 55 or 60. Um, And I think some of what we've seen through uh, film with Julianne Moore and still Alice kind of stayed in that age range. So when I started to see it uh, affecting people from about 23 to 62, um, I started to dive in deeper. That at the same time with its similarities to brain cancer. And so so I said, what's, there's a challenge because the challenge is either telling these stories individually or telling them together. And I wanted to tell them together and not make it like harder than Requiem for a Dream. Um, so Carol... Um, who was, uh, she played the doctor and therapist in our workshop. She had read the script and she had said what I had felt from the beginning, which was that it wasn't a story about dementia or cancer. It was, it was a love story. Um, that was kind of where I started with it. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what's meaningful to me.
0: And actually, I do want to come back to the the love story part of it. I have a question for that, but um, I'll kind of just feed off that for a second. Um, you, you tend to take on subjects that either um, aren't discussed a lot, so people don't know about them, like the early onset Alzheimer's in this case, or you take on subjects that people consider to be difficult to to talk about, and whether it's sexual abuse, drug abuse, mental health, things like that. And I'm curious what what drives you to those stories?
2: Um, The first thing is character. Um, I think a lot of what I grew up being inspired by was people who were telling honest stories about things that I didn't really know about or possibly things that I was experiencing myself um, that I felt seen in the storytelling. And so Girl with the Red Hair and Shadows, they are connected through memory. And I think there is is an interesting aspect when, like you said, it is not spoken about very often. but I, I guess I don't think about that. I, I don't think, um, I think about more of how it could connect to people um, for people who may not be experiencing it. I think the, the real challenge is getting it to connect with people who have not had that experience. Gotcha.
0: Um, well, as I stated in the intro, um, Katya plays Lindsay L. Uh, is it L. Cooper? L. E. Cooper? L. L-E-L- okay, just make sure. So Lindsay L. Cooper and Annie Grace Payne plays um, Kenzie Coleman. And I'm curious, Katya and Annie Grace, um, to get a little perspective about your characters from your point of view and uh, also, in addition, you know, to tell us just a little bit about your character and, and then and what drew you to that particular role. And um, I'm gonna go left to right, which you have no idea which one is which. So it's a bit of a surprise to you. I'll start with Katia. Okay.
1: <laughs> so Lindsay is um, a young woman who, I mean, she's amazing. She's had her life just fully dictated, you know, for her by the, since the age of likely, 10 career-wise earlier, probably with just home stuff. Um, And she's a very strong woman, but not for the sake of she wants to be strong. It's rather that she has to be strong because her circumstances have made it so. So um, there's a lot just going on in and around her. And she's just someone who's really trying to figure out what she really wants. And it's heartbreaking because once she does figure that out, everything is just shattered again. And she has to rebuild this time from an entirely different perspective. So um, yeah, she's just a young woman. I think like a lot of us finding her way in the world in a completely different way.
0: Yeah. And what, what appealed to you in the role? What made you want to take that role on?
1: Lindsay has always, I've always looked at her as just such an interesting character a lot because she was a performer. And I feel like, I don't know, I don't think I've seen a lot of things where the main character is a performer and that they're dealing with something as just tragic as dementia. And that was always so interesting to me and how she um, interacted with all the other characters and her relationships with everyone. That's mainly it, their relationships. Cool.
0: Well, Annie Grace, uh, that leaves it to you then. Um, What can you tell us about Kinsley and what drew you to the role?
3: Yeah, um, so Kinsley is Lindsay's partner in the piece. Um, She is someone who I greatly admire. She's got this wonderful, graceful strength to her. And as you can see throughout the play, things are thrown at her but she remains her own anchor um, which I think is really beautiful as well as being able to be an anchor for Lindsay and those people that she loves. Um, I think she is someone who exudes love and just leads with empathy and patience and kindness Um, and I just think that's a wonderful quality to see which is part of why I was drawn to her. Um, I think it's easy when you're you know, faced with such tragedy to to shut down and really live in the pessimism, um, because it's something that's really heavy and difficult to wrap your brain around. Um, but the fact that she's able to remain in the present and be there for herself and the people she loves, I think, is really wonderful.
0: Excellent. Um. I'm going to bounce around now with my questions and I want the, the first one for for Anthony and Katya and, and this has to do with um, sort of capturing the essence of the, the early onset that, that Lindsay is dealing with. And um, the story is told from her point of view. So we're seeing um, the world of early onset through her eyes and through her mind. And um, I'm I'm wondering what what is it that you hope viewers gain? from being able to see it from that point of view, rather than we always tend to get the external point of view. This is the internal
2: one. Yeah. um, So I think it's difficult. And we also did this in a very, maybe different kind of absurdist way with Girl with the Red Hair. When you are dealing with memory, um, telling it from the external point of view you are very removed. Um, It is, we don't have the, you know, the gift of uh, novelization of even, we don't even have a lot visually um, at our disposal as much as we could with film. So, when, when I was doing the research, I really wanted people to get inside her head, and and I think what that means for me, and I've just shared some new scenes with Katya and Annie Grace heading in that direction, is that we see a lot of portrayals that deal with the loss of memory, um, forgetting people, and and what emotions that invoke. But it goes it goes a lot deeper. I mean, it becomes living. This is living your own horror movie um, there are some um, studies where of course as dementia progresses which is not what we experience in the play because we deal with the early stages um, where people forget to swallow um, and but as it, it's not always just people there's there's a a case study about a woman who, I was just telling Annie Grace this, that went into the bathroom and the bathroom door was the same, the back of the bathroom door was the same color as the walls and she couldn't get out. She forgot what the doorknob was. And um, so, so by, and, and it's risky in the storytelling because in order to experience that, you have to be okay with the audience being disoriented. Um, and then confidence is enough that they'll stay with the story and we can bring them back. So I think that's always a really exciting challenge. What would you say, Katya?
1: I think very similar to Anthony, um, I would really just want, and this this might sound cliche, but for people to really appreciate the simpler things in their life that we might be taking for granted every single day, I, I read this interview or I'm not sure if it was an interview. I think it was, but it was um, a mother, a wife, a woman. She, her husband had early onset and her kids, they were young when he was diagnosed. And so they, he didn't respond to dad anymore. He only responded to his name. And that to me was just the most heart-wrenching thing to read. And she said, you should not take for granted being called dad. And that just kind of like, that can be true for so many things. I think we are always just searching for more thrilling things in our life. I mean, because, you know, why not? You know, when you get, when you're doing such, you have a routine every single day, it can get a little dull, but, you know, we are, so many people are so lucky to be able to go and brush their teeth, remember where their toothbrush is, simple things like that. Um, And to just really, really appreciate the beauty that is, just simply breathing and being
0: alive. Um. I love that. That's good. That's great. Um, so, there, so we'll go to a question for all of you and bouncing off of Anthony, you talked about the the theme of of love that is throughout this particular story, and um, I'm curious. In a, in a story that is filled with such um, grief and and pain um, and suffering. Why is it so important to have such a strong sense of love in uh, in this story?
1: I think that love is just, I mean, I don't know. I might go off on like a tangent here, but I really think love oh, is- Oh,
0: tangent away. We, we've got lots of room for you to tangent in any direction <laughs> you want.
1: Uh-huh. I I absolutely believe that there is love rooted in everybody and everyone there is love rooted there. And so, you know, that might manifest itself in completely different ways. Um and of course there are other things that come into play that would cloud that or harm that, but I do think that love is such a central thing theme in our lives and it really is what keeps so many of, or at least I'll speak for myself going, is the people you love, knowing that you are going to love other people who you don't even know yet. Um, Yeah, so I think it's just, it's so true. I mean, to me, it's like, how can you not have something that's rooted in love that it's central to the story? Yeah.
0: And Grace, what would you say about that?
3: I mean, yeah, like copy and paste, you know, Um, it's, Love is such a necessary thing for us as humans to feel and have an experience. I think, I mean, I know life is hard and we need each other. Otherwise, it's such a difficult experience and we need love in our lives. We need to lead with love. We want to receive love. Um, It starts to sound like a cliche at some point, but cliches work because it's true. You know, true love is really the most Powerful thing that a person can have, and similar to what Kadia was saying, with you know, um, learning that maybe your time is cut short, it's those smaller, intimate moments that you share with the people you love that you really reflect back on, and what gives you, you know, a, a sense of purpose. I think in life.
2: Mister Laura. When I started writing the play, um, which may be something you work with as well, Zach, I started with a premise and my premise that I did not know how I was gonna fulfill was love outlasts illness. And it started coming together um, when I went to London and what I realized in telling the love story um, because it's, there's a a song from Aida, um, the musical, not the opera, that starts with, um, the show starts with every story is a love story. And I just started thinking about how that applies specifically to us. Um, And what it is for me is that the central conflict of our story is Lindsay fearful that she will lose Kensley in, in the first act uh, in, uh, from cancer and in the second act in her memory. Um, and so for me, the play had to be about that no matter what happened, love would always, this love that was felt would always be there no matter what happened with the memory in the soul. Um, and and I find that to be the case in, in a lot of people I spoke to, there's, I mean, there are people I know who, and honestly a really great example, I know people disagree with me, but is uh, Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds. Um, they died one day apart and and you know, and that's something I I, I bring up that relationship because of course they're mother and daughter, that our relationship, our uh, play isn't just about romantic love. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very strong with Ariana, and, and Lindsay, um, and even Jessa and Lindsay, and you know, there's um. And I was really really interested to explore all these different relationships that dealt with love.
0: Cool. Um, you mentioned that um, Kinsley is, uh, has been diagnosed with uh, cancer in the first act. And Annie Grace, I'm um, curious from your vantage since you are in her shoes for this role, um, she has a lot she's dealing with. I mean, not only has she discovered that she has this Cancer, which is inevitably deemed terminal, but um, but she's also trying to deal with the love that she's going to leave behind, and making sure that she is in uh, that Lindsay is in a good place as mm-hmm. she leaves her behind. And I'm curious from from your vantage, um, this is kind of a twofold question, actually. Um, it's still early in the process for you but but had in reading the script and running through it has have you have you has that i'm, I'm trying to word here apparently um let's try that again <laughs> yeah. no, i'm just kidding i'm curious. i'll get there i'll get there um no i'm curious has has that changed the way that you view your own relationships and in your life and in in addition I'm curious um, if if you in that position would do anything differently than she did.
3: Oh, um, yeah, I, I'll actually start with answering that second part, which is I probably would definitely react differently. Um, uh, something that she um, does beautifully and, and I'm still learning as I'm joining this process um, is she remains in the present, the entire time which I think is something very difficult for us to do I think it's very easy to live in the past or with her case you know focus on the future like all this time that I have left how can I help Lindsay how can I set everyone up that I love to make sure that they're okay once I'm gone but she definitely does want to do and wants for the people she loves but I think she also does a wonderful job of taking a step back and just soaking in what she has now with her and just, looking for the beauty in those small moments and being able to spend time with Lindsay um, and getting to do the everyday things like eating breakfast together and just soaking up all of that time. Um, And it's something that I'm learning and I forget often is to um, remember to be grateful for the things That I have. I think a lot of times it's easy for us to forget and um sorry, my brain. Um
0: sorry, I think I think you caught whatever I have. It's fine.
3: Okay, perfect. But yeah, I I I I, being um that I, I am definitely learning from her to be grateful for all the ups and all the downs um and all the in-betweens. Um, because that's a part of life and it's beautiful to just be able to experience
0: it. Yeah. Excellent. Um, Anthony, I've had I you you shared a bit of this process with me both in uh the girl with red hair and in this one and and you know um, how I feel about editing. I'm I'm a big fan of it. So um, I'm curious, uh, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question, so apologies if I have, but when you're when you're working through a script, um, it's gonna obviously go through changes as you work through the process. Um, when do you know that those changes are done, that it's ready for the stage? And has there ever been a time that it hit the stage and you're like, eh, maybe we'll change this because it didn't get the reaction I thought it was
2: gonna get? I don't think, anything is ever ready. I think um, you have to let it go and you have to know, I I dealt with this a little bit more in film than I do um, in theater, but I would drive my editors crazy. I would just be like, let's just, let's try this. And they're like, yeah, that works too. But you know. Um, Pick one. Exactly. So, (laughs) I think first of all, you just have to go in knowing the story you're telling um, because that takes away a lot of other options. Um, the more clear you are with the intention, the more you can say this doesn't fit. Um, yes, I I will change until we close. Um, no, I will change until we open, until we open. Um, and Here's the hard part and, you know, Katya got to experience this with Girl with the Red Hair is every audience is different. So it's very difficult to say this joke isn't working because it doesn't land with the matinee audience, but it landed with the evening audience. We even found that in the workshop. Um, and and sometimes like your, your audience may not always be present with you. Um, so, so, what I'm really looking for is is what the responses are, and not just in laughter but in engagement and and really, the rehearsal process is is the most informative. Um, i I will write new scenes as we rehearse um, and some of them will make their way into the play and some of them won't, they'll just remain backstory. Um, so it is different with, with each project, I think. the Girl was trying because there were 57 scenes um, and each of them had to play off the other in terms of how they dealt with memory. Um, so that that's also why I really like doing workshops. Because um, after the workshops, I then get to write more in the actor's voice, um, and they get to have more of an input uh, on the show.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you you talk about input, but I was because I was just going to ask Kanti and Annie Grace. Just curious in in this particular process, what what do you enjoy the most? And I mean, it seems to me that input has to be a big part of that because you're getting to cultivate the roles even further that you're playing, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So um, what, what about this process do you enjoy the most?
1: I mean, this might sound so dull and boring, but I really do like just talking about it. Like in the rehearsal room or when we do get new scenes, we read them out loud or we read them on our own and just simply talking about our initial thoughts, I think it's just really, I think it's also really telling. So I love getting all the new material even though it might not make it. And it's also just interesting to know what, that's what like Anthony was thinking for this, but then he was like, oh, maybe not. And I'm like, it's just nice to see the different paths that um, could be taken.
3: Yeah, Um, I'm still new to the journey. I have just begun the process. but from what I've experienced and what I've gathered is it's going to be a really wonderful time. Um, I think it's really collaborative. And I think, I mean, my favorite part about um, this whole thing is just working with other artists. Um, I think there's just, we just get each other and it's just so fun to work off of each other and inspiring and um especially for live theater specifically I think it's just such a treat to be able to do and not only connect with your fellow castmates and creatives but also the audience um yeah
0: <laughs> it's it's um it's interesting because I I have the only insight into this world that I have is through Anthony so this is it's all fascinating to me um and, and I'm curious as, I I watch a lot of movies, I've seen theater, never once did it really occur to me how much the lines may change or how much scenes may change along the way. Um, I, I was reminded recently that Aaron Sorkin was like, is very militant on his sets about being complete in true to text. Like we'll take the worst scene as long as you got the text correct. So, you know, there's not gonna be any change on, on those sets but in most every other experience it seems that the the script can change it's it's a very fluid process to the point of opening we'll say so i'm 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 curious as actors um and i say curious a lot apparently but uh, as actors um what is that like you you've you've got something memorized and you you feel like you're ready to go and then it changes and you've got to do it again is that like that's just par for the course that's the way it is or or is it ever kind of like oh okay all right well here we go again and and I'll cover Anthony's face; he won't see you. See, he's good. Yeah. Okay, no. <laughs>
3: um, I,
0: I just I, I did just kind of things like that that bounce around my head. So you feel free to answer it in any way you want.
3: Yeah. Um, you know, I th- I think that's that's part of the fun um, with things changing. I don't. I think a misconception about actors learning lines specifically is it's not just about memorization and i know some people are more focused on being word perfect but if your understanding of who your character is and your intention and the world that you're in um i don't think those types of changes are as difficult to take um if that makes sense um and it's just i don't know it's kind of fun keeps you on your toes which i think is another, you know, really great way to kind of keep you in the moment.
1: I i agree. I think it's also just, you know, part of the process. Sometimes you find something that works better and like Annie Grace was saying, you do. Sometimes the words themselves don't or okay, let me reword this actually. <laughs> Sometimes it really is just the subtext and if the subtext is still there or that general i guess theme or the just the general kind of idea of what's happening in that scene is the same then you know the words will flow in and out i think that's just you know true to life as well i think it mirrors real life very very well so yeah and it, again it does keep you on your toes and it's exciting to always just be getting new things
0: yeah, that's cool. I you have to forgive me. I'm as a as a writer of books, like my entire world is is here. And so the the there are conversations about what's going on, but it's just like the many voices that are in my head. And I probably shouldn't share that often. But um it doesn't until I get to the, the point where I have I have to work with my editor that that it's then two people talking about it. But um but I have had the opportunity here recently to get into a system of um working with an idea with a team and um you know, building story building world and stuff like that and it's it's fascinating and thrilling and 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 changes in the same way but um, not that I have to memorize it, but it does change and um and I enjoy that process so I have to imagine that what you do would be kind of thrilling and fun and um especially if you've got somebody that likes to make edits <laughs> uh, anyway um uh we, we've got a little bit of time left and i don't want to you know we've departed a little bit from the shadows and i do want to talk about where it goes next coming up but uh, but before we do that um i need to know i need to know favorite or um yeah we'll go with favorite favorite film or theater performance that's where we're going to start um any grace you first
3: Oh gosh. Such a loaded question. How can I pick one? Um pick here.
0: today's p- pick today's favorite.
3: <laughs> today's favorite. I'll say um I recently had um the opportunity to see Goodnight Oscar um with Sean Hayes who just won the Tony. Um it was such a special performance. It's one of those where and I'm going to sound crazy, but I promise I'm not. Um, Afterwards, I just felt (laughs) almost feral after seeing it. I just love art and I love acting. And it was one of those pieces that just really left me inspired and like so excited to just keep going on the, you know, actor journey. (laughs) Yeah,
0: excellent. What about you, Katya?
1: Um. Okay, so of today, I will say, I just recently saw a clip of Helen McRory in the Deep Blue Sea National uh, Theater, so that took me back to when I had to watch it for school, and I remember just being so obsessed with her, and just her performance and really everything. I think she's just so strong, she holds such poise on stage, it's just, it's inspiring, so yes, that one.
2: okay. okay. Anthony? I'm gonna say two, one from film and one from theater. So I think everything that I will ever write will be influenced by Bergman's persona. Um, And probably one of the best things I've seen in the past 15 years is Jodie Comer and Prima Facie*.
1: Cool. Excellent. Agreed. Times ten, yes. I should have said that. That's such a good answer.
0: <laughs> I feel like he has stock answers that he just like. It's like there's this question. Let me just get that one. No, I'm just joking. No, um, all right, <laughs> not, I'm gonna I'm gonna cycle back in reverse order. So we're gonna start with Anthony on this um, early inspiration that got you into the. Um, I guess there could be multiple since you're dealing with writer then director.
1: Okay, so you don't have stock
0: answers for everything.
2: <clears throat> so, okay. Um, I would say for theater, it was Edward Albee. Um, anytime I see Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf on stage, um, it's amazing. It's still, I think, the best ending of any work I've ever seen. Um, and Bergman, I would say. Okay.
0: All right. To you.
1: Um, Growing up like ever since I can remember I was such a huge musical theater buff but which is weird because I don't do musical theater so like what but I was obsessed with it and I had like a whole phase I dare say I'm still in that phase now Um, so all like I mean at first it was Wicked then it was Rent you know all the like the basic the cores and then kind of bleeding into everything else so really it was musical theater that really got me inspired to perform. And then um I would say maybe around middle schools when I fell in love with the one and only Meryl Streep. And I was uh, like, queen. <laughs> I saw her in double I know, right? and I was sold. I was like, yes, ma'am. So yes. that one really just kind of hit start everything. Yeah,
0: can't go wrong with
1: Meryl.
0: Yeah. Any Grace, what about you?
1: Um.
3: Yeah, I, I too got my start in musical theater. It will always have a place in my heart. Um, I think it's such a cute story how I got started. Um, I was living in this small little town at the time and I went to a dance studio like once a week and the tour of the Wizard of Oz was coming through where I was living. And they, I guess, I don't really know the specifics. I was so young at the time, but they had some sort of program where they took local kids the dance studio and let them be munchkins in one of the performances Mm -hmm. um it was my first audition my dance teacher had us sing our abcs i got picked i like ever like i caught the bug like for sure it was one of my favorite days um getting to be a little munchkin in the wizard of oz and i've just been at it ever
0: since that's interesting. Cause I feel like that's been my life ambition to one day be a munchkin from us. So of course. I, 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 I feel it. I feel it. it. It'll happen. Thanks. It's good to know that people have faith in me. <laughs> um, all right. Well, um, we're going to, we're going to run out of time here, but, um, shadows, what is, what is next for shadows, Anthony?
2: So we open December first at ART, uh, which is on fifty third Street in New York City in the Jeffrey and Paula Goral. and we run for nineteen performances. So we run for about three weeks.
0: And then um and then what for somebody like me who doesn't know anything, what becomes of a play after it's run? <laughs>
2: um, well, Either we keep doing it or nothing. Okay. <laughs> um, those are the options. But um, so with, with Shadows, I mean, it's very different than Girl with the Red Hair because Girl with the Red ha- Hair was like 12 years of performances and stuff like that. So um, I'd be very interested after this run to. You know, continue to see where else it can go. Cool, excellent.
0: Well, um, I thank you all for the time that you've given and for dealing with me as a host and person of questions and curiosities. Um, Anthony M. Laura, Katia Mendoza, and Annie Grace Payne, uh, Shadows coming in December. Please check it out. And um, best to you all. I know I'm not supposed to wish you luck, but I just can't tell people to break their legs. And I, I want I want you all to do very well. And I hope I hope I hope hope I will be there in one of the rows. Maybe not front because you don't want to see me up front and uh, be able to see it in person. So thank you all and um, and best to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you.